Hey there! Are you interested in getting access to the recordings of my monthly masterclass hangouts, where we do deep dives into different travel hacking programs? If so, please check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash travel. Patreon members will also get to vote on the charity of the month, because in case you didn't already know, all of the GeoBreeze travel income gets earmarked for donations to different nonprofits. That includes the income from the monthly hangouts, coaching services, and credit card affiliate signups. Links to all of those are available in the show notes. This week's Patreon shoutout goes out to Ray. Thank you so much for being a part of the GeoBreeze Travel Patreon community. Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, a show for anyone wanting to level up their travel hacking lifestyle. I'm your host, Julia Menez. I'm a travel hacker, coach, speaker, Filipina-American ENTJ who loves solid travel gear and using shortcuts on spreadsheets. On this show, I'm on a mission to bring you travel hackers from all walks of life to help you level up your travel hacking game. We dive into credit cards, miles, points, strategy, mindset, and the secrets behind how to travel the world for next to no cost. So let's get hacking. Working for a travel company, you realize you see the behind the scenes, you know, look, every hotel company, airline, et cetera, like they're all doing the economics of how they can run their program profitably and, you know, drive, drive revenue, but also, you know, still drive a profit, which is the purpose of any business being in business. And so one thing I think that Mike, just to double click on what Mike said is there's often different pockets of opportunity that are a better deal at a, at any given point in time for you. And so putting the time and energy into things like that, and, or if you're not willing to put the time and energy into like doing the math, there's a lot of sites out there who are already doing it for you and are, you know, breaking down the value of different points and things like that. But I think just recognizing like every company is trying to do the same thing, right? They, they all are trying to manage a profitable program. Hello, travel hackers. You just heard a clip from Mike and Maggie, who host the podcast Friends on Fire. Maggie Tucker is the vice president of marketing for Intercontinental Hotels Group, and Mike O'Leary is the director of finance for Intercontinental Hotels Group also known as IHG. Outside of their day jobs, they host the Friends on Fire podcast to get friends to talk about money. They want to show the world that talking about money is good for everyone and will lead to more meaningful plans, thoughtful decisions, and a happier life. If you would like to make some friends who like to talk about credit cards, money, and travel hacking, please check out the GeoBreeze Travel Patreon. Members of the Patreon get automatic access to all of the monthly masterclass hangouts, and the all-access levels also get access the recordings and slides from each masterclass as well. You can sign up to join at patreon.com slash travel, and I will leave a link to that in the show notes for you. And now, on with the show. Hey, Maggie. Hey, Mike. Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel podcast. Hi, Julia. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Hi, Julia. We're excited to be here. I am so excited to have both of you here today. So before we jump into all of your travel hacking knowledge, Please explain to us, how did you get into the wonderful game of points and miles? How did you originally hear about this? And what did it look like for you in the beginning? Well, let's see. I got into this with my first credit card, which was a Northwest Airlines credit card back when that was still a thing. I think probably in like 2006, but I didn't know of like travel hacking. I didn't understand how points worked. I just like, I don't even remember why I signed up for it. But I got this credit card a few years later. I used it, my points to book a flight to Europe for free. And I was like, this is amazing. And and then sort of started researching and found the community online and 
started to understand how it worked and how you would leverage it. So I've only been aggressively in the points and miles game for about 10 years now. But that first that first Northwest Airlines card was what got me down the path. Yeah, and I, I to compare myself to Mike would say I, I wouldn't have ever called myself a travel hacker, but I definitely have travel hacking goals and I've always had some consistent things where like I've had a Delta Sky Miles card for, you know, 10 plus years. I put everything I purchase on credit cards. Every now and then I'll I'll like, you know, sign up for, you know, the IHG credit card and get a really big points bonus. But I've been more dabbling in it and I've actually I've spent years spending too much on travel and enjoying my travel. And I've learned in the past few years, there's so many things I can do, especially with three kids and needing to buy five flights when we go anywhere, that there's so much opportunity to get more out of uh, the credit card game and other things around travel hacking. So I'd, I'd say I am, you know, if, if Mike's a nine or 10 on the travel hacking index, I'm probably a four with a lot to learn. And have been slowly learning it from Mike and others like like your podcast, Julia. And so you've been in this for 10 years, Mike. Did you start off, you said, just kind of dabbling in it one card at a time? Or was there ever a point in the 10 years where you're like, all right, we're going to just do five cards at a time and just jump full in? Yeah, that's a good question. So my dabbling was this one card for like five years. and then I And then I was like, I can do this a lot better. And that's when I started researching. That's when I started strategizing. And so I went from the one card over a, over the course of a few years to, I think, five cards in my first year. And so my my wife at the time, I was also signing her up for cards. She was reluctantly participating because she likes travel, but she was just like, I trust you. You figure it out. But yeah, is I like to be very, I'm very focused and disciplined and strategic about this stuff. So as soon as I started subscribing to blogs and understanding how the game worked, I jumped in head first and never looked back. So Maggie, how about you? Has your entire travel hacking journey been mostly dabbling with cards or was there ever a point in time where you were like, we're going to dive a little bit deeper and get five cards at the same time? Uh that's a great question. I think I'm actually at that point now, honestly. So I have been, it, it's funny because I wouldn't necessarily use the word, I've, I've been dabbling in travel hacking, but I have been consistently using credit cards and getting points. I've not taken advantage of like sign up bonuses and things like that and constantly switching cards. I'm, I'm more a uh, loyal longtime member, which I know is not getting me nearly as many incentives. So I'm more interested in what I can do in the future and, and have been kind of, you know, like I said, signing up for a few new things over the past couple of years. When you were just talking about that though, Mike, I was thinking of your stack of credit cards. You still have it near you? Uh, oh yeah. He had, the Hold other on, day when we it. were talking about this on an episode, this is months ago, but he, right behind him, he had this like stack of like 50 credit. He's like kept every credit card he's ever gotten, which I just thought was really funny. And he has this really large stack, which there it is. Of He saved every card he's ever signed up for. Yeah, that's my stack of cards. Versus That's a pretty big stack. <laughs> it's a pretty big stack. Versus my stack literally is like three cards. It's like my IHD card, my Delta Sky Miles card. And I mean, I you know, things like Amazon cards, which again are not travel hacking and more of just credit card hacking. So one of the I, things, one of the things that I, the reason I keep the cards is I think it's kind of cool. And like, I like to show it to Maggie and impress her, but I also, I will write the date that I canceled the card on it. And then I also have a spreadsheet, which I keep track of. So for, for cards that restrict you from getting the bonus within a certain period of time, I have like a definitive reference for when I can go and get it again. 
So there's some practical benefit to keeping all my cards handy. It's a, and it's a small piece of clutter too, right? It doesn't take up a lot of space. Right, it doesn't take up a lot of space. So Mike, are those just your credit cards or are those also your wife's credit cards from two-player mode? And before you answer that, let's just clarify for everybody. Maggie and Mike are married to not each other. They are each married to separate people. So when we talk about two-player mode, we are talking about with their respective families. Yeah, we really so, have four-player mode if we do Friends on Fire, right? Plus our kids. I've also, I love the term two-player mode. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I like that. Getting, I'm going to start using it. my husband into this. This is some of her cards. I don't think, I don't think all of them, but yeah, it's going to be, there's going to be some smattering of my wife's in here as well. Yeah, with two-player mode, it's always an interesting conversation trying to get your significant other into the game of miles and points. I'm sure you guys have known this both through the world of travel hacking, but also through fire of saying, hey, spouse, we are now going to go for financial independence. So what does that conversation look like for you as you're trying to convince your significant other to say, okay, let's either really cut down on expenses or really ramp up on getting points and miles? How would you recommend to somebody else to approach that conversation? Well, we, that's a really good question. We have some funny stories that we've shared on our podcast before where when Mike and I first got to know each other, which we, we both work at um, IHG Intercontinental Hotels Group, and we met there and, and realized we had a you know, fondness for the topic of being frugal and in early to retirement and just you know, a bunch of things around financial freedom. And what I was already pretty good, but Mike was making me better in some of his habits and practices. And, so, and he was reviewing my expenses. We were, we were comparing expenses with similar size families. It was really helpful to like look at someone else's. So I would come home to my husband and be like, hey, Mike thinks you're spending too much on your cell phone bill. And he would be like, who's Mike? What, what are you like, what are you, why is Mike looking at our expenses? And so we would have, so I'd say maybe that is what not to do though. It slowly worked, but it took me like three months of him, of, of me going back and then being like, Hey, because my husband already doesn't spend a lot of money. So like, I'm not talking to like a, you know, overspender or anything, but I would, I like, I think like three months in a row was like, Hey, Mike looked at our expenses again. Cause we would do these monthly reviews. He was like, he wants to know why you still have a hundred dollar cell phone bill. And eventually when I was, he, he was kind of like, okay, well show me like what's possible. And Mike did the research for him and was like, uh, here you go. It's 30 bucks a month. It's your same company. You don't have to do anything. Just call and do, you know, X, Y, Z. And he did it. And that one thing flipped the switch for him. And from then on, he had like complete trust and respect for this, you know, person that he had never met and just heard me talk about a lot. I named Mike at work. And now every time I said, Hey, Mike thinks that, you know, this is what, whatever he trusted it and believed it and recognized it. So my, I am very lucky because my husband is, we are very generally like-minded. And so if I went to him tomorrow and was like, Hey, you should sign up for this credit card. Cause we're going to get a hundred thousand point bonus. And we're going to be able to fly the kids to Japan next summer, which is where we want to take them. He would, he would totally be like, yeah, sure. What do I, you know? So he, he would be down for it, I think. And I think when it comes to not just travel hacking, but you know, fire and financial independence and being frugal, you really need to align with your spouse on what the end goal is. And if you two share that vision for what your life could be like or what you want it to be like, then all of the things that you need to do to get there become a lot easier. And so I remember when I first started getting my wife credit cards, she was a little skeptical because I think people are generally hesitant about credit, credit card companies. They're like, I don't want to... I don't want to apply. Is this going to hurt my credit score? 
What happens if I get rejected? How do I know when to close it? Like people get a little nervous about this. But once she saw it, to Maggie's point, once she saw the proof point that it wasn't a lot of work, the points get deposited. We then go and travel, which is one of our ultimate passions in life. It was very easy to keep her on board. And now it's to the point where I don't even, t- I don't even ask her. I'm just like, Hey, I got you this new credit card. I'd like you to go put X, Y, and Z expenses on it. And then I will tell you when to go call and cancel. And then I just, i like put a little sticky note on the card, you know, after a year or 18 months, and I'm like, please call and cancel. And then if I need to, I'll be like, please reject any retention bonus or please keep, keep your, keep an eye out for this type of retention bonus. And she just does it. There's there's no discussion. There's no question. We just both enjoy it. I love your approach, by the way, of like, well, I know her social, so I just like sign up for the card for her and uh, let her know, like, here's the card you need to start using for the next three months. Right. All right. And so you guys had met at work at IHG, which for anybody who's not as familiar with this program is the Intercon- Intercontinental Hotels Group. Can you tell us what are some of the insider travel hacks or points and miles hacks or just rewards programs tips that you guys have from working at IHG that you'd like our listeners to know about? Oh, that's a good question. I think you would be surprised to know that there aren't any secrets that, you know, airline employees or hotel company employees have that would kind of blow the doors <laughs> wide open on the travel hacking team. It it really falls down really comes down to the same fundamentals that I think all people are aware of, that you need to do your research, you need to explore options, and then you need to do the math on your redemption value. And so if you are going to a big city and you're looking for a hotel, go check out Hilton, Marriott, IHG, Choice. Figure out where in the city you want to stay. Look at the different redemption rates you can get and then find the best one. And there will always be pockets of great opportunity. And sometimes that's by design. Sometimes it's by accident. But it's the by accident ones that we internally find out about and cause quite a stir. And then we have to like close up or something like that. And But other than that, it's just kind of standard rules about travel. Yeah, I think working for a travel company, you realize you see the behind the scenes, you know, look, every hotel company, airline, et cetera, like they're all doing the economics of how they can run their program profitably and, you know, drive, drive revenue, but also, you know, still drive a profit, which is the purpose of any business being in business. And so one thing I think that Mike, just to double click on what Mike said is there's often different pockets of opportunity that are a better deal at at any given point in time for you. And so putting the time and energy into things like that, and, or if you're not willing to put the time and energy into like doing the math, there's a lot of sites out there who are already doing it for you and are, you know, breaking down the value of different points and things like that. But I think just recognizing like every company is trying to do the same thing, right? They, they all are trying to manage a profitable program. And yeah, it just, it, I, I think what Mike said is, is spot on there in terms of just the timing. So speaking of these different pockets of opportunity, what are some pockets of opportunity that you guys have been able to find with IHG programs? Well, we're we're pretty unique because because we work for IHG, we have an employee discount. So we're not trying to actually find pockets within our own company. We're trying to to find pockets within anywhere. Like where I'm mostly, I mean, that's the tough thing too, working in the travel industry. 90% of the time I stay at our hotels because I get an employee discount there and I want to support our company also. So most of like 
Mike, I don't know if you'd agree, but like 90% of my travel hacking focuses on airlines because that's what I actually have to pay for. And and, and things like Amazon and other things because that's a, a big expense line item in my life versus hotels are not an expense item in my life. So it's actually kind of unique when you, it's like if you work for Delta, which we know a lot of people in Atlanta that work for Delta, you're not, you're not worried about flights. You're now worried about trying to travel hack airlines or sorry, hotels, because that's you know the piece you're paying for. And I, of course do quite a bit of analysis, even though I get employee rate at all these hotels, I will still always do the math of a normal rate, an employee rate, and a points redemption. Because there will still be times when it makes more sense to use points than for me to pay the employee rate. Or sometimes there's going to be some issue with the normal off-the-shelf rate that's going to be the best deal. And so even though it's almost always for IHG hotel is going to be the employee rate. It's still worth. Yeah, that's actually a good point because we do have a lot of points that we've just, just like other people, we've earned through our credit card and other things over the years. And so that is a great reminder point of I'm sitting on a large amount of points that I often am like, you know, sometimes it makes sense to start to burn some of those versus using the employee rate even. So, what are some IHG rewards program aspects that maybe some people don't know about? that you're thinking, oh, I wish more people knew about this because it's actually a really cool trick for anybody who's wanting to travel in IHG? That's a good question. I think the the first point is that IHG has a ton of great brands that are all over the world and they're all really good hotels. And when you combine that with the IHG credit card, which has right now a big signup bonus, has fourth night free on redemption, it has great bonus points, if you are interested in a having a large selection of hotels to choose from, ISG is a great choice. So a, as Maggie mentioned, you know, we almost always stay at ISG hotels, but there is very rarely a time when we can't find a great ISG property to stay at. And I think specifically for people who are in the fire movement and in, interested in being frugal, a hotel like Holiday Inn Express super great brand, very consistent, great breakfast, inexpensive. You get great point redemptions when you stay there and they are everywhere. So there is, there isn't a time when I can't go someplace in the world and stay in a great holiday and express for just a few points. Um, but the other thing I would add is, you know, I, the credit card does have a lot of benefits. And so I would say, you know, they're in line with many other credit card benefits though, but there are things that I think people forget and don't take advantage of. Like for example, global entry or TSA pre, you get a free credit every four years for that. And so if you're paying attention to programs like that, that pays for the card itself just to to take advantage of programs like that. And and I think that's just a general reminder on all cards. And, and we've talked about this before and we actually did a whole show on it, I think is all of these credit cards have so many benefits that people don't always take advantage of. And it's hard to kind of keep up with them and even remember what they are aside from the points themselves. They have other benefits that have an actual dollar value to people. So those are the ones that kind of stand out to me, or that's one of the big ones that always stands out to me. Yeah, I have the IHG credit card and I've loved some of the redemptions I've gotten to use for it. I got it back when it was only $50. I think it's now $80 annual fee each year, but it comes with a free hotel night. So if you're about that one, if you're able to stay at an IHG hotel that's worth at least $80 once a year, which everyone should be able to do that, then the card just pays for itself. Yeah. Once upon a time, it was unlimited where you could 
stay at any hotel. And so I got to stay at the Intercontinental in Los Angeles Century City, which goes for like $350 a night as a free night with this. Now it's capped. So you can't stay at any hotel, but you can still get some really good ones. I stayed at the Intercontinental Barclay Hotel because they lowered the points redemption requirement for this. And so I was able to use one of my free nights there. I used another one at a yeah, Kimpton say, hotel. Kimpton is in one New of York. the most popular ones to do the redemption at. And there's some beautiful Kimptons uh, that are usually all qualified. I love the Kimpton in New York and also the one in Philadelphia. And another fun trick with Kimpton is they have like this rotating password sometimes on their Twitter that if you follow their Twitter, there's a password and you can just say it to the hotel manager. And sometimes you can get things like a free drink or like some other free fun thing. So that's just a fun little IHG hack for people as well. I was just going to say, I love that you're actually teaching us IHG hacks, Julia, because I did, I will admit I didn't know the, the Twitter Kimpton uh, trick. So it's good to know. Yeah. Sometimes you know more about the programs like from the outside looking in because you guys aren't having to look for all of these different hacks. Like, I don't know. Do you know any of these hacks about like, Marriott or Hilton or anything else where you're like, well, I don't have employee discounts there. So I had to find like some super secret thing or with airlines where from someone outside looking in, you're, you're searching for a lot more of these different types of tricks. Yeah, no, that that's a really good point. I do spend much more time analyzing airlines and like Marriott redemptions than I do with IHG, just because I don't have to put a lot of thought into it now. And I, I kind of get really good deals. But it's it's funny um, to hear you talking about and referencing these hotels because you know we talk about them from a business perspective, but we don't usually talk about them from a redemption perspective. Cool. So speaking of redemptions perspectives, can you tell us about a really fun points and miles redemption trip that you've gotten to take before? I think my most memorable one would be a family trip to France. Although all my trips are now redemption trips in some way or another, I don't usually do all of them on points because in many cases I can find a better cash deal than it's worth using the points. But I think my best one was we took my, we have two, two daughters. And when my first one was 18 months old, so before the second one was born, we went to France for a couple of weeks. We flew Air France and I think the flights were... 50,000 Delta miles, which is a really good redemption rate. It was direct Atlanta, Paris. We had our daughter as a lap child, so we only paid taxes on it. So really cheap airline flight. And then we stayed in the Marriott Champs-Élysées, which is right on that main street. Beautiful hotel. It was going for about $1,000 a night at the time. And I think I paid 20 or 25,000 points per night. It was insane. I think it, it must have been some sort of error in their points calculation because it was just, it, it did not seem right. But we stayed there for a week. I was just like, why not? So we were right in the middle of Paris and, and it was, we barely spent any money on that trip. We did go down south and stay in some Airbnbs in small towns where they didn't have a lot of, hotels with points programs that we could redeem at, but we found great deals researching kind of private Airbnb places. And overall, we spent a couple weeks down there and spent $1,500 total on everything. It was, it was amazing. What airline did you say you were flying? Air France. Air France. And then what 
did you use a transfer partner or something in order to book your flights on points? Oh yeah. So I was, so we live in Atlanta, it's a Delta hub. And so I, I cycle through all the Delta cards. I had a lot of Delta miles and you can book with Delta because it's a partner airline, Delta KLM Air France. You just book via the Delta app and it shows up as a Delta flight, but then you fly Air France. In the past, it's been, you've been able to get better redemption values when flying a partner. I've seen that sort of go away just a little bit, although I haven't paid too much attention to it. But if the Delta flight booking on on, on Delta might have been 80,000 points. If you book on the partner at the time, this was you know, five years ago, you would always get the lowest lowest level redemption value. And it was 50,000 points, miles, I should say. That's incredible. And what are some of your favorite Delta credit cards that you've either cycled through or that you still have in your wallet? I think my favorite credit card for any hotel or airline is the one that gives me the most points <laughs> at that particular time. So to answer your question, all Delta cards. <laughs> Funny, my what are so, sorry, I was gonna say my favorite Delta my favorite card is the Delta Sky Miles Amex. I have had it for I probably had it for 20 years actually, if I really look back to when I first became a customer. And it's taken us on a lot of we put everything on it and it has taken us on a lot of amazing trips over the years where we're just not paying. Like one of my favorite trips. Two years ago, we went to Japan. It was without the kids. It was just my husband and I. And I just had to look it up because when, uh, Mike, you were quoting your point amount, I was like, did I get a decent deal on that? And I, it was 64,000 points for direct flights to Japan, which to me was a good deal. And I am big on convenience. So like, I will not take a connection on an, especially on an international flight if I don't have to, and I'm willing to pay a little bit more for it personally, but that was an amazing trip. And we, you know, it cost us very little. And my, my favorite travel hacking redemption story was the one that never happened in 2020 because of COVID for my 40th birthday, we were going to Paris on points and we got amazing deals. We had all of our hotels were really nice hotels on IHG hotels on points. And it was going to cost us like nothing. And it was going to be an amazing trip and maybe someday it will happen again. But it's one of the many victims of 2020. So I'm going through my huge stack of credit cards and I'm, I'm reminded, I'm reminded that I would also get the American express points card and transfer those points to Delta almost always, because again, we live in a Delta hub. My wife's from Germany, so we fly to Europe a lot, but these are all of the Delta, I mean, a quarter of the stack is just Delta points cards. So platinum cards, business cards, consumer cards, American Express platinum cards, gold cards. I've, I've gotten all of them. Yeah. For any listeners in Atlanta, if you do not have a whole bunch of Delta SkyMiles cards or you haven't been really tapping into the Delta program, you need to be doing that because Delta is such a hub with Atlanta. And speaking of, can you tell us a little bit about Delta Sky Miles lounges at the Atlanta airport and what that experience is like? So you will be surprised to know. I, I don't typically go to lounges. I don't buy business class tickets. I don't typically do a lot of luxurious travel. And so... I think I've been to the Delta Lounge in Atlanta once. I don't really remember it. It's nice. But 
This is. I've been into I know it. It's, it's nice. It's, I don't have a lot. I will say I don't have a ton to it compare is. it to, though, because I'm I'm similar to Mike. Of you know, I'll, when I have access, I'll definitely go into one. But I will not go out of my way to get access into one because it's just I, I'm pretty I'm a pretty simplistic traveler, so I don't mind just sitting out. And also, I'm also vegan, and so half the stuff in there I can't eat, and I don't really like to drink when I travel. Like I get kind of. This is like more information than you want to know, Julia. But I just don't, I don't love to drink because I don't, I, I don't feel great when I get on planes. Like I get kind of motion sickness. And so drinking does not help the situation. And so every time I'm like flying, I, I do fly business class a reasonable amount. And when I am, I'm always like, ah, oh, you know, they're trying to offer me champagne and all these lovely things. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. Just take some water. So I'm, I am bad at taking advantage of things like that. So to me, the, the lounges are, it is, it, I think it's a nice lounge in Atlanta, but again, I have nothing, not, not a lot to truly compare it to. And I'm easily pleased and things like that. Have you been to it? I have not. I rarely ever fly Delta just because I am from the Newark airport is my hub airport. And so it's almost all United or JetBlue flights for me. And Whenever I'm pulling up my American Express Platinum app or my Priority Pass app or anything like that, it's always like, oh, well, there's a Delta lounge here, but you have to be flying Delta. So to me, they've always just felt super exclusive because I'm not flying Delta. I'm like, oh, I can't get in and I can't experience the yeah, Delta. Yeah, one Sky thing Miles I will lounge. say about some of the lounges I have been in, to your point about like you have to be flying Delta, they probably say that because they can be really crowded. So I, when I have been in some, sometimes I'm like, geez, like I want to get out of here because it's just... Like I didn't come in here to be like, you know, just like, feel like I'm on an airplane where it's just every seat's full. And the one, the one thing I do remember is the Virgin lounges are amazing. Have you ever been in a Virgin lounge? They're really nice. I've gotten massages in them. I mean, they're, they're just like really over the top and just fun and just the food's great. They'll make stuff to order. It's just, it's real. That to me is like the best lounge experience that I have been in, which I forgot about until you just brought that up. No, was I that think that was in London. I don't know if there's a Virgin. I'm assuming there probably is a Virgin lounge in Atlanta, but no, it was in London. Our corporate office is in London. So when we fly back, sometimes it'll be on a Virgin flight that was booked through Delta sometimes. Very cool. All right. Before we wrap up, any other fun points, redemption stories, lounge stories, anything else that you guys want to... One thing that I think is worth mentioning, Mike, what's the name of that site that you turned me on to that tracks... Award wallet. So one of the things that I have has made parts of travel hacking less approachable to me is that I'm just not at the point in my life where I want to keep up with a bunch of different things. Like I've got a busy job. I've got three kids. I've just got a lot going on. And there's certain things that I'm just willing to pay for, which is why I've not gotten as much into the travel hacking game personally. But I love Award Wallet, which I started using and I loaded all my cards into because it, it helps me keep up with. Have you used it, Julia? Yes, I absolutely love Award Wallet. Yeah. It helps you to track how many points that you have. You can also track not just hotels and airline points, but if you're into casinos, you can use hmm. that for tracking your casino points. If you're into shopping portals, you can use it for tracking your Rakuten points or your Swagbucks points. So I love Award Wallet. I don't have the paid version, but with the pay- paid version, They'll also tell you when your yeah. points are expiring. Mike actually so has the paid version, I think, which is crazy because pick. Mike is very, very frugal. So when he pays for something, you know it's valuable. Well, I <clears throat> I have these huge balances of points in all different programs across my whole family. 
because now my kids actually that's a have great tip we should talk about loyalty program accounts. So I I have to have that expiration thing, and then I know when when it's three months out, I'm going to go to a shopping portal and go buy something at Target. I re up my points at you know American or Hilton or whatever, and then I I keep them going. For that is, that is one year. tip, Mike. That just your comment about kids made that is important is sign your kids up for these programs, right? Particularly when you're flying. So like we flew to Ireland last summer, last summer or two summers ago. And we, you know, I'm buying Delta t- and I, and I was buying tickets and I'm buying Delta tickets for three kids. Like you better believe they all have sky miles accounts and I'm keeping up with those. Cause you might feel like it's like a hassle when you've got a little kid, but that stuff adds up over time. And so I, I think Mike takes it even a step further sometimes. And I, have you actually applied for credit cards for them? Didn't you say you there's uh, no, this is, this is a, Oh, it's right, related right. to your okay. credit score. So <laughs> no, 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 I'm it might be, topic, into it. but my, um, my point is there are, it is never too young for you to create miles and loyalty accounts for your kids and have that you know, something that you start tracking and managing. And then there may be ways that you can kind of take advantage of certain incentives and offerings from different companies for kids also. That's such a great point. Yeah. It's never too early to get kids started on points and miles to help them build up their credit score by setting them up as authorized users or something like that. So all great tips. And of course, the great tip about Award Wallet, it's one of my favorite tools. Cool. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, if you had to sum up all of your travel hacking advice into a one-line piece of advice for an Instagram graphic, what is your best piece of advice for listeners today? My number one piece of advice, always do the math on the redemption value. Okay. I 100% agree. Always do the math because rules of thumb are nice, but sometimes if people get a little bit lackadaisical with how they're spending their points and miles, you're going to miss out on some pretty good redemption. So always do I am in that lackadaisical category that you just spoke to, Julia. And I'll be honest, it's because of just priorities in my life right now. Not because I don't believe there's massive value in it. Like I wish I had done a lot of it when I was younger and had the time to uh, mess around with it. My, my biggest kind of, you know, Instagrammable comment would just be, put the time in and do some of the research because there is so much to be gained from it. Right. And I spent years spending way too much and not taking advantage of things and being overly loyal to, you know, one card because it was just easy and not taking advantage of, you know, signing up for additional things. If you guys could recommend another travel hacking account that you recommend for listeners to check out, who would you recommend on the internet? I'm not just sucking up, but I would recommend you, Julia. Because I have learned, I was listening to a number of your podcasts this week. I've learned a lot of things in you. And I, I literally was joking earlier that I learned things about my own company from you. So I think your your account people, hopefully, if they're listening, are already following. And then I'll let Mike make another recommendation. I would say the points guy. And here's why. He's super mainstream now. But if you are looking for inspiration, which I think you know, if you're, if you need to put the time in, in order to make this worthwhile, you need some inspiration and he has the resources and the personalities and the quality on his site where they do videos and they, they talk about hotels and flights and it's just like a whole experience. And so even though the technical advice he gives 
isn't as good as I think what you do or what other bloggers and podcasters do. The the quality and breadth of his material. Here's is my deal with the points guy. I don't love when a company, when someone starts out, like he was once the points guy. And to me, it's become overly commercialized and it's lost its S it's lost. It's like scrappiness, which I just, you know, you can delete, you can remove this comment if you'd like, if it's like offensive, but you know what I mean? Like, I just, there's something about like, like Mike, you're, you, I know you shared with me the one mile at a time, which is one account I would recommend, but there's just something about the points guy. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, it's become a business and it is no longer actually just somebody like sharing tips and tricks and tools with you. I mean, I agree with you and that, and he is not the only person I follow here, but the videos he does yeah. are really cool. You know, this, this, the articles he and his team write are really good. And so I think you need to follow all kinds of people and, and what you're going to find is that different bloggers and podcasters have their kind of different areas of passion and expertise. And so I have RSS feeds set up in my email for like 20 different bloggers. I just, I think if you were to follow one person to gain a little bit of insp inspiration, I'd That's say the guy. He's still that was good. the question. If you could follow one person. They have an amazing cinema team or something like the quality of videos and photos and articles you can produce when you have a full staff yeah. and like backing from venture capitalists and everything is a whole nother world that a lot of us can only aspire to. And we're like <laughs> yeah, doing a one person operation, but yeah, but oh, for like the lifestyle content and the inspiration, it's, it's pretty good. And it, it's also kind of inspiring, inspiring from more of a content creator standpoint as well, where you're like, wow, he also started out probably like as a one man shop. So maybe one day somebody out there can be the yeah. prince girl. Or Could something be like that. Yeah. You can, yeah, you'll become his partner later. We'll see. All right. And where can um, we find you guys? The best place to follow us internet? is on Instagram, or you also can go to our website at friendsonfire.org. And on Instagram, we're just at friends.onfire. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. If any of the cards mentioned in today's episode piqued your interest, please check out the links in the show notes for more information on any of the cards. Also, if you apply for a card using the links on that page, I may receive a commission too, so please and thank you. P.S. I hear the links work better in Internet Explorer or Safari, and sometimes the credit card applications tend to glitch out in Chrome. Additionally, it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and share it with a friend. And if you would like to make even more travel hacking friends, please sign up for the Patreon to access our monthly masterclass hangouts. We dive deep into a particular points program each month, and you'll get to ask all of your travel hacking questions and enjoy being around other people who enjoy points and miles just as much as you and I do. If you would like an invite to the next one, head over to geobreezetravel.com hangouts to sign up to be on the invite list. Take care and happy travels.